So, so, so there's this aspect that it sounds like, and from knowing you now for a year and a half now, it, like oh there's my this, God, I'm so sorry. I cursed <laughs> you for the last year and a half. It seems like there's this aspect of your personality that, um, I'm like multiple personality, probably, probably, <laughs> but there's this almost like, um, am I eating my corn? Right. <laughs> No, I'm serious. Am I, am I still doing it right? You just might have made a, a, a tweetable moment right there. That's hilarious. <laughs> Is this right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, life instructions. I need them. Podcast Junkies, episode 73. This is another, or my second in-person live interview. Um, but before I tell you who it's with, I want to welcome any new listeners Welcome to Podcast Junkies, the show where we talk to entertaining, fascinating, fun, quirky, um, amazing, awesome, cool podcasters in the known podverse. I don't think that's a word, but I, I like using it. And uh, we just find out what makes them tick. And uh, sometimes we have some really uh, interesting conversations like, uh, like today's. So uh, it's with Esprit Devora, And uh, as I alluded to, it was another live um, in-person interview because uh, she was in my hood and uh, we found a place to have the interview. Um, and uh, we had an interesting and um, open conversation. She really talked about some things that I think were personal to her and some things that she tends to not talk about. Uh, she's the host of the We Are LA Tech podcast and the Hello Customer podcast. And if you know anything about Esprit, you know that she's an absolute dynamo bundle of energy, supercharged uh, energizer bunny, and uh, she has a heart of gold. And um, I think she's just really sincere in everything that she does. That's been my experience, and I've only known her really a short time, less than a year, I think. Um, no, maybe a little bit longer, maybe a little over a year, but, uh, she, I consider her a good friend and I'm, I'm glad, um, we finally got around to doing this. It's been a long time and, uh, you'll get to know a lot <laughs> about her, I think, as a result of this conversation. So enjoy, listen up for the, uh, retention hashtag at the end of the show, my conversation with, uh, my good friend, Esprit Devora. And we are live. <laughs> Harry's like. Man, if I just pressed record 35 seconds ago, this already would have been a great podcast interview. It is going to be a great podcast interview. <laughs> this is a, so this is a first. This is the first uh, podcast interview in a car. The first for you? Uh, the first. Because I've done <laughs> podcast interviews in a car. So you're not popping this cherry. <laughs> Jesus. So... Um, we're gonna try to have a. We're gonna try to have a podcast interview here. Is this here. a G-rated podcast? No, this is not a G-rated podcast. Oh wait, good. All right, game on. <laughs> Cherries popping. Let's go. <laughs> uh, no, never... for real, for real. Though, I have been wanting to be on podcast junkies forever. So to make this happen, car, no car, on the street, in the alley, whatever it took. <laughs> <laughs> we are together. <laughs> I, I feel like this is a follow-up to the uh, International Podcast Day blab uh, 
show. That was fun. Like I could even remember something past five minutes ago. No, it was <laughs> no. We were just like we didn't take ourselves too seriously. We we're next to last to go. Wait, and are you, so, are you suggesting we ever take ourselves seriously? No, I think it's important not to. <laughs> so, so um, as as the the listener has probably figured out by now that this is going to be a completely interesting, uh, yeah, free range, uh, fascinating. <laughs> Engaging Com- conversation with my friend Esprit Devora. I love how you introduced yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and this is how well we know each other. Your mic's hot, so it's, uh, yeah, it is definitely yeah. hot. And there's going to be a lot of laughing, so you just <laughs> do that. Um, okay. Wow. Yeah. Where to start? Do you have instructions for the other areas of my life? Uh, depending on how long this interview goes. I mean, I just, we just hit up mic instructions. So are there instructions for other things? Because I could really use some life ex- instructions. What's, what's, what do you need uh, instructions with? Oh my, just about everything. Let's pick one. Let's go. All of them? No, uh, just pick one. one. Oh no. I'm a girl. You're asking me life instructions and I'm a girl. You're going to get the obvious answer. <laughs> Let's go for it. <laughs> Guys. Uh, instructions for me on guys. Well, okay. So most recently, my girlfriend Amanda Tice, who's this gorgeous supermodel, amazing, married to a wonderful husband, is reading my text messages to guys, and she's like, "Oh no, you don't know how to text." And I'm like, "What do you mean I don't know how to text?" And she tells me the story on how she got her husband and uh, and the kinds of guys that she dated before, and how she really enjoyed dating. And I'm like, "In what universe do you live?" And I hate dating. I hate them. And she's like, "I love the texting. I love the da- or used to love the texting, love the dating, all this stuff." She goes into the whole thing. I was like, "Well." what's so wrong with my text messages? And so I'm showing her these ones with guys and she's like, she's like, well, what did you mean by this one? I'm like, well, that I never want to see you again. And she's like, that's not, that's not what you actually wrote. What you wrote was you can't wait to see him again. I was like, what? So I discovered that I don't know how to text message guys. Yeah. So I don't understand where the the confusion might be. Cause if you don't want to see someone, I would think there'd be like a negative pronoun adjective somewhere in that somewhere in that text message so it sounds more cruel than it actually is it sounds like i am the hero oh like i have my pick of the litter no i don't want to see this guy again because i was afraid he was playing me so i was trying to be like a little bit distant to be like you're not important to me uh and she filled me in that i did the opposite (laughs) did did you learn something from that uh, uh texting 101 class yes that I should not be texting guys. So I, since then, this was last week, every single time I have any interaction with a guy, I text her first to oh, be wow. like, what do I say? <laughs> and, is, and is that uh, resulting in better interactions in your dating life? I've only had a week, but there's probably no hope for me. I mean, you've known me long enough. There's no hope for me. <laughs> Come on, let's be real. No, I think... I you, am so intense yeah. and so like... I'm so intense in a great passionate way if you're my friend and can handle me in doses like but like dating me good luck with that like Okay so. we'll, we'll have to we'll have to we'll have to table some of these and figure and and find out if through the course of the conversation we can figure out you know aspects of your personality um that might explain why some people might find you intense <laughs> I would love that. I've been trying to get that answer out of you for ages. You're so cryptic. I'm not going to talk to you about it. 
So where when did uh, when did we first meet? I think oh, we shit, met. We're getting serious. Think... You guys, are you ready? We're getting serious now. <laughs> I didn't know this was coming. I think he's reeling it back in. The intensity got too much. What was your question? I'm trying to put things in context because if the listener just hears rambling, the listener, whatever. You guys, I'm one with you right now. You're not the listener to me. You're like awesome. Yes, go on. We're listening to you. We love you guys, by the way. Thanks for putting up with this. This is going to be something different. And and that's cool because that's why I love to do the podcast. They can go all over the place. I can have a super serious conversation on meditation one day and I can be sitting in your car having a awesome conversation. And all of this is because of podcasting. All right. So your question. Right? <laughs> your question. No, there's no specific list. Do you see a list of questions in my hand? I, I see a list of questions going on in your brain. <laughs> Everybody who doesn't have questions about like life. I told you I have life questions. I want some life instructions. I cannot promise that by the end of this conversation you will okay, have. Here's one. How did you find the fountain of youth? This is not about me. <laughs> I see how this is. <laughs> I'm taking complete control of this conversation back and uh, I'm going to ask the questions. Okay. So we were trying to figure out and put things in context yes. here about where we met. And I think it was through Twitter because you literally just jumped on the podcasting scene because you had your, your first podcast and you were just started raving everywhere that you were crazy about it. Yeah. So I'm crazy about podcasting. So I love podcasting because I'm a uh, super straight up, honest, blunt, intimate, crazy person. And um, I love podcasting because that's what it is. It's a really intimate relationship between um, you guys listening and us. And, and it's it's cool. It's like a real relationship and we connect. And I I like the aspect of storytelling. I wish I could be a better podcaster. Like I love Gimlet Media and their, their shows like Reply All and Startup. And I like how they're able to integrate music and all this stuff. But as far as where I'm at so far, it's like in... August 2014, I launched my or I started conceiving the podcast in September 2014. I launched it. And just this process of being able to share a story outside of just confined walls, like we're in a car right now, but yet we get to be with all you guys like that's crazy. That's so cool that this conversation can exist outside of this car. What made you think that you could start a podcast? Um, well, it didn't really like come across me that way. I came more from a pain point that I was in video production and I am not a video editor and I really value great video. Like I love beautiful video transitions, being done well, telling a story well. And because I just don't have that talent, nor do I desire to acquire that talent, I'm, I, but I, I like the production process and I like storytelling. I'm like, wow, podcasting is great because then I don't have to worry about the video aspect and I could use simple tools and get into it. And I'd been moderating panels for so many years that I'm like, yeah, I think I could do this, you know? And was it, um, from a, from a tech perspective, uh, you know, obviously there's a bunch of moving parts, but from a tech perspective, was it something that was overwhelming or something that you felt, uh, you could, you could manage on your own? Super overwhelming, but um, I definitely felt that I could manage it on my own, but it was just like, what mic do I get? How do I get it online to listen to it? You know? And so I watched 
hours and hours and hours and hours, not joking, of mic videos to listen to all the mics, comparing all the mics. And it was actually Ryan Hoover from Product Hunt, who was like the ATR 2100. And I'm like, sweet. That's what we're talking on now. I ended up getting the, the snowball from yeah. Radio Shack because I watched it on a YouTube video and it made sense. Um, for hosting via the tech world, I found um, Simplecast and I really love them. And Simplecast, literally, Simplecast.fm. And Simplecast literally makes it easy to get on iTunes. I tried doing, I think, Blueberry before and it was just like way too technical. It was, I just don't get it. I don't get audio technicalities. And so Simplecast took that out for me. So I'd say that was one of the most intimidating things for me. It was like, how do I actually get it on iTunes? Um, and that was a big block at the time. And um, for the production process, like editing, um, audio editing tools are really overwhelming for me. And I discovered via a forum, um, Sound Studio, which does the world's worst marketing on their own tool because I don't think anyone knows about them. And they're better than iMovie. And so I love Sound Studio. So between Sound Studio, Simplecast, and whether and I now have the ATR twenty one hundred mic, and I also have a few a few other mics, but you could really you know get the ball rolling. And then I use Area Creative in Canada to help me take out the ums and ahs. So I felt I felt like I got lucky with that. Like he's awesome and great. I didn't know what mastering was, but I know it makes audio sound better. I still don't really know what mastering is. It just sounds better when I send it to him. So I'm like, sweet, okay. <laughs> so um, yeah, and I but like I said, I think. I think my podcast episodes are, I think they're better than okay because I've been a panel moderator for so long. However, like I think, and I think the content that I'm sharing is really important. Like with my We Are LA Tech podcast, I'm talking about things that really relate to LA startup life because I've been a tech entrepreneur for so many years. Like I know the pain points and I want to help people like save time and money. With um, the Hello Customer podcast, I really am passionate about quality customer service and I feel that... I mean, I was able to interview like Levi's and Volcom and Zappos. These are tremendous brands. And I had the opportunity to share that knowledge and insight with, you know, you guys because of a podcast. And then the new podcast, the Women in Tech podcast, I like feel really great that I could create this positive piece of content that can inspire uh, women to believe more in themselves that they could achieve anything that they want to achieve. So I feel the content I'm producing has a very specific value that is necessary and helpful in people's lives. However, like I'm nowhere near Gimlet Media's production. We're telling this like ridiculously awesome story that is so enjoyable and you don't want it to be over or like the serial podcast. And that's really where I aspire to be. I think I'm years away from getting there, but I do think it's possible um, whether it's via me developing my own talents or, and skill sets or it's finding the right team to help me achieve that. But I do think there's a lot of people to be blunt like you and like me that are doing these interviews. And I don't think podcasting needs just more and more interviews. I think we totally need more highly produced storytelling podcasts. And I, I aspire to be in that tier one day. I think that um, it, there's there's a, a lot of different varieties, right? So there's going to be the serials and, and the new NPRs. And, you know, I just uh, interviewed uh, Bill Burrell from Home Stories from LA, another storytelling podcast. They're fantastic. And when they're done well, they sound absolutely freaking amazing right yeah and so um but on you know on the flip side you said you know maybe we don't need more interview shows i think what we don't need is more like shitty interview shows right because because we need 
I, I mean, some of these, I've heard some recent conversations yeah. that have been just mind blowing. Like Mark Maron has got some real. Oh, but really, he's comedy though. No, but he has some interesting guests and he has his take on life. Cause yeah, not, he's uh, storytelling too, though. He's mm, highly produced storytelling but he's, because it's an of how he can deliver. No, but so when I say interview, I, I feel like I'm for the most part, I think podcast junkies and my podcast are the same kind of just like, I think we're quality interviews. But I, I think we're interviews nonetheless. The and I think you're right. Maybe because we're talking oh, about format, like for so for when you're talking about serial, it's a produced serialized drama that has music production, you know, music backing. They they edit in the content. She record. She narrates the podcast. Okay, so here's where I totally agree with you that I can't stand. When people don't take it, like we're sitting in the car right now, purposely, like it's a it's a joke. Why are we sitting in the car? Because cars actually cars and closets have great audio quality. Like so, and 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 even before we started recording, we're like, should we close the windows completely? Because both of us really care about great audio quality. So okay, maybe there should there shouldn't be an interview. I really wish people would not just record for the sake of recording and have like that airy sound and the tin and the background and the whole thing. Like I wish they would. It doesn't take a lot of money. I'm really into budget podcasting. We have a, we have a cool setup right now. You have with the Roland H5, Zoom H5, uh, Zoom H5 with two ATR, um, 2100 audio technic mics. Um, and I think you're plugged into your phone too as a backup. No, no, no. Oh, no, just, no. Uh... Right. It's a, like a really simple setup. I mean, the digital recorder is a little bit more money, but still it's like the whole thing together, like is under a grand, right? Yeah, like yeah, uh, totally. even under like 500. Yeah. Right. So it, depending on what level of the digital recorder you get, like, and so this could, I feel like anybody who starts podcasting, sh- I would hope is really passionate about podcasting. Um, is really passionate. Like he's giving me life <laughs> lessons. That's what's happening, you guys. I'm getting life lessons right now. I'm just adjusting her mic. In case yeah, I need some adjustments. So <laughs> no, but I like I. It really bothers me that people are like, "Oh, everybody's podcasting, so I should podcast too." Okay, let, let's yeah. talk about it. Let's give a mic lesson. Let's do an intermission, you guys. We're going to have a little <laughs> mic lesson because obviously I don't know how to hold a mic. Okay, tell no, me. I'm just what giving should her, I do? So uh, just uh, talk across the mic, not into the mic. What's that, like this? Like this, yeah. So you don't pop. So when you pee, you're, say your peas, they go like out that but way. But let's teach, let's teach them too. Like, yeah, so what I'm, what I'm um, demonstrating is almost like uh, holding the mic sideways so that you're, you're talking across the top of the mic. Oh, across it like this. Yeah. So am so, I doing it right, so right not, now? So you're not talking like this oh, straight into the mic. Oh, because like the pop, the pop, pop, pop. Yeah, okay. yeah. So when you pop, you're, you're, remember the air is popping out. Yeah. And so you want the air popping out across the mic. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, so you're kind of holding it like you're eating... A corn on the cob or something. Yeah, corn on the cob. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> like you're eating like a corn on the cob. And you actually have a like a, a thing foam, over this. Yeah. A wind, uh, windscreen. A or, windscreen. That's extra, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does and it helps. That helps with the popping too. Yeah. So, okay, so cool. the combination of both, it, you know, you do the best with what you have. I'm obviously. sorry to snap, crackle, pop you guys, but <laughs> I'm back. I, I'm eating my corn on the cob now, so I'm good. <laughs> and you can so, get a little closer if you want. I, yeah, I really like it frustrates me when I hear a podcast come out that, uh, that you could just tell they didn't 
try like you know how there's like super long pauses sometimes that people take yeah like long like really exaggerated pauses like those need to be cut so you the listener isn't just like sitting listening to some like five minute pause you know and so it frustrates me or the again bad audio quality so i just wish if you get into podcasting please be passionate about it and really want to produce great content don't do it for the sake of doing it and not care about anything at all. And then the podcasts that do have great content, like uh, not to call out anyone, but I'm going to call out anyone anyway. There's this great new podcast. Something It's called like 20 Minute VC. It's so popular in the tech world right now. And the guy does not set up his guests to have great audio quality. And it's driving me crazy because it's great content with the top VCs in the world. And the guests sound like they're in some sort of echo chamber all the time and so just care about your not for a high budget just just care like look into it to make sure it's done properly so that you know raises a lot of points because the bottom line is and for me i'm really discerning now and i know very quickly when someone recommends a podcast they have like two minutes and i'm going to decide whether i'm going to listen or i'm going to not and even and and the first um, filter for me, like you said, is the quality. Yeah. So they're gonna, you're gonna hear probably more crappy podcasts coming out now. Yeah. Than you ever did before. Because people are calling it like the new blog. The barrier to entries is fairly low, so people can get set up pretty quickly, and so you're gonna see a lot of people setting up a podcast. And then w- this is what I tell people because I I, I I have a separate company that consults and, and sets up clients and I tell them Fullcast.co. first. Fullcast.co. <laughs> I tell them, thank you. I tell them um, you have, you know, it's this first impression thing, right? When people hear you, they're gonna decide right away, are you taking this, this seriously? Mm-hmm. Because people, your listeners are gonna say, well, yeah, they're taking it seriously and I respect what they're gonna do and they respect my time and I'm gonna give them a listen. So as much as those shows bother you, to be quite honest, those should be coming off like your podcatcher like right away anyway because they, they shouldn't be taking up your time. So um, use that internal filter that you have to be discerning to decide, you know what, you had your chance, I'm not gonna listen and I'm gonna keep moving on to other podcasts yeah. that are good and you know, you have to keep in mind when you talk about the folks like Serial and Gimlet, I mean, they just got a, a round of funding, millions of dollars. They've got this incredible team. They take weeks and weeks and weeks to do one oh, episode. Gimlet? No, dude. Gimlet on the Startup Podcast, which is so cool, just put out an episode like a week or two ago about how they produce episodes. And it is crazy. And that's actually that episode itself taught me that I potentially don't want to learn those skills myself and I want to have a team because I mean it is intense the way they produce their stories it takes weeks and a lot of different revisions etc so forth it's really intense it's it's kind of scripted in a a strange way like no yeah it is it's very scripted Yeah. yeah but I mean they have authentic interviews yeah, but, then but they, but script they, get, them they out. get super edited yeah, down. Produced, highly, yeah. Yeah, produced. But in a different way, not just the production produced. It's like the storyline is produced, yeah. So so, so there's this aspect. It's, it sounds like, and from knowing you now for a year and a half now. It, like oh there's my this, God, I'm so sorry. I cursed <laughs> you for the last year and a half. <laughs> it seems like there's this aspect of your personality that... Um, like multiple personality? Probably, probably. <laughs> But there's this almost like... Um, Am I eating my corn right? 
Am I still doing it right? You just might have made a, a, a tweetable moment right there. That's hilarious. Wait, is this right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, life instructions. I need them. So I, I guess if there was a accompanying video for this, it'd probably... <laughs> yeah. We could do, do the outtakes. No, so I'm wondering, like, is it... The, where does this come from? Like, if I talk to your parents, I'm like, was Esprit always like this? Did she, like, have this... Like, you, it seems like you go into things very intensely. Like, you jump into, like, with, with, with both feet. And even if you don't know, like, what it is you're doing to begin with... Oh, wait, does anyone know what they're doing ever? No. No, I mean, but some people take the long way. They, yeah. they take all the classes and they're mm-hmm. meticulous about the, the process yeah. and learning and they, and they don't do anything until it's ready and they get, they're get they afraid of starting. And, you know, even with podcasts, people hold on to yeah. their ideas for like six months. Oh, my. But I get for the, years, yeah. Yeah, and I get the feeling that you, you know, and if this is what you've done with your previous businesses when you started them mm-hmm. um, and, and the way you handle the podcast, is this like something, that, is this like your nature? Um. Maybe I, well, podcasting specifically. So I remember when I became a real estate investor, I definitely read like a crazy amount of books to figure out how to do it. And then when I finally invested in real estate, I realized I didn't know anything at all. So reading all of those books did not help me in becoming a real estate investor. And I made all these mistakes and everything because unless you take action in life, you can't really know what to do and not to do because it's the action that teaches you the lessons to know how to move forward. And I built a sports company that I was really passionate about for several years and it didn't go in the direction that I wanted it to go in, which uh, broke my heart. And so by the time I got to my life phase of starting, like falling in love with podcasting, I simply promised myself that I would take steps forward because I was really afraid by this point. Like I had experienced, you know, um, both triumph and failure, but a lot of failure that felt uncomfortable. Um, in my perception, listen, everybody has their own like perception of success. So I just, you know, a lot of things that like built up this tremendous wall and fear of like, I don't want to believe in something again and then it not work out. I'm so afraid, you know? So I was like, well, there's this thing podcasting and I know I love creating high quality content. So all that I would, am going to promise myself, and this is what I told myself in the beginning, is that I would take a step forward every day, no matter what the step was. I just promised myself I would take a step forward and I would not have any expectations of where I'd end up. I'd not not have any hope of where I'd end up. I would just continue to take a step forward and just see what I see. And that offered me some peace. to to. And then it, I mean, you guys, I, I launched the podcast September 23rd of 2014. And it was number two in the country and new noteworthy by the first week of October. Like, what? Uh, you know, that's crazy. And then um, the Hello Customer podcast that I went live with, um, I think it was like two months ago, that hit number four in the country on New and Noteworthy. I was like, what? This is amazing, you know? But like all it is continuously is me just taking steps forward. I I run my business as I run We Are LA Tech full time. Like that's my actual business. And um, a lot of people ask me, like, what's your vision? Or especially in the tech world, it's like, where where do you want to IPO this thing or whatever, right? And, and I really, I've experienced such heartache in my life that I really don't, can I curse on this? Like, I think we yeah. already did, yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> Fuck. That's good. Let me just get the first one out if it wasn't the first. <laughs> like, that I really don't want to fucking care about a vision. You know, like, I just want to promise myself to continue to take steps forward and see where I end up because that's all I could ask. And every day I'm afraid. Every day I'm afraid. I, I, 
there, it's not like I'm this fearless person. I think people say, oh, just stop being afraid. Whatever. You're not human. You know, like we're all afraid. We don't know what to do. I never know if I'm doing the right thing or wrong thing, but I'm just doing the thing. And I do my best to listen to my intuition. I've learned that over the years that my intuition has a lot of the answers. So just like listen to my intuition, even if it doesn't make sense sometimes. And truly to surround myself with wonderful friends like you, because doing your own thing in any way, whether it's being an entrepreneur or whatever the project is, it's scary. And there's really tough days. And to not have a great network of people surrounding you that truly love you and don't care if you, you know, need to crash on the couch to survive. Like those are the people you want in your life. And I'm a, I'm a super high risk taker. I have no clue where I'll even end up next week. So I need a great group of friends around me because man, being an entrepreneur is like not easy and it's amazing all at the same time. And to have those friends, like being supportive of your up and down journeys, it's, it's key to like, it's key to having whatever sanity an entrepreneur can have. Yeah. What happened with the with the sports company? That's a great question that I never want to talk about. <laughs> so what happened with the sports company? <laughs> <sighs> what happened? Um, all right, like I don't know. I don't know. I never talk about it. Like I just never talk about it. Well, okay, so why don't you talk about it? Because it's it's like I feel like I f- I don't talk about it because I feel like I failed myself and I failed my team and it, I failed my investors and it kills me still. So revealing only as much detail as you, uh, and you know, I would, like to be super open yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and no, so I'm gonna vulnerable. Ask. So this is like, because I want to share with you guys. I just, yeah, it's, I have a hard time with this. One. So what, uh, so obviously it's easier as, as, the time progresses it's easier to look back on things yeah. that at the time if you if you if i asked you this question the day after you know the shit hit the fan yeah. you, you would have been like get out of my face right yeah um but I mean, as, i'm still sometimes like get out of my face yeah, but, yeah. Well, that's, that's a separate thing <laughs> so um no i know i know the things so right. it's if, if you had to like think you know business case wise no, like, i do you know go the back things. and like what i know them exactly yeah yeah uh the things that made it not succeed and this is, okay, here's the biggest success of it, which is actually really important. I'm not just passing it over. I'll get back into like the thing. But the biggest success of it now is it taught me, and I know it sounds so lame, but it taught me so many things that are vital to what works out for me today. Um, that has been really rewarding because it took me a while to get here because for a long time after my sports company, I was just really resentful and angry and like pissed off that it didn't work out the way I wanted it to. Now, why didn't it work out the way I wanted it to? First of all, I mean, let's, I'll get into it. Like I, I'll get into like the matter of fact and then just the emotional distraughtness. The matter of fact is I wasn't the leader I needed to be. I believed in, um, I did the best I could for where I was at that time. Um, but I just, it wasn't what I needed to be. For example, like I really believed, and this could sound nice saying it now, but it wasn't good. I really believed in like my company should be like really democratic and everybody should have a vote. What my team wanted from me was a leader. They wanted someone to be decisive. I didn't understand that at the time. Um, I also didn't have uh, core values written out for the whole team. 
uh, like Zappos has this great like core values and core values are essentially like um, are people timely in your company are they prompt are they funny like who what kind of people work for you and what kind of culture are you establishing in your company and I didn't have that clearly defined so I had this amazing team that worked their asses off for me they were like um, for years like amazing I allowed in a very talented um person into the company who I really believed in but unfortunately that person didn't meet the core values in which I desired but didn't have them clearly defined which was being prompt with everything and when that person wasn't prompt the rest of my team were like well if you don't care if that person doesn't meet deadlines we won't either and then they all started rebelling against me it was like the downfall so if you have core values set up, which I've realized before, then it doesn't become an issue of whether your teammate is like good or bad or whatever. You're like, oh, you're just not matching the core values, so this isn't going to work out. It becomes very clear and non-emotional. So that was a huge mistake. I also didn't believe in myself enough, which is why this Women in Tech podcast is so important to me. Um, if I believed in myself and my intuition, I would have gotten way ahead. I th never thought I was good enough. So I would constantly hire consultants who were these older, more quote unquote seasoned people to do things that I was merely like afraid to do. And I was probably the best person to do those tasks. And I just didn't believe in myself enough. So I would hire out and then the, no one's ever going to care about your company as much as you care about your company. I didn't get that. I just I was afraid you know and so um, that was a huge problem and that's why um, even on my Twitter you can see now I say your intuition is your oracle and you we create our own journeys and stuff like that and that all comes from like not thinking someone else has the map but really believing in myself that I create my own map you know and uh, that's really important for all of us like I think every speaker that we listen to in the most positive way is a sham because really we go to these talks and we're listening to someone to give us some like roadmap. And so every speech I give is all about listening to yourself. Like, I don't want you to listen to me. I want you to listen to you, you know? And because like, if I did everything the exact same way Richard Branson did it, I would not get the same results because Richard Branson has his own set of circumstances, his own life path, you know, his own puzzle pieces and how they connected together in dominoes. And I have mine. And so like to, to take in and listen to mentors and all this, that's one thing, you know, and that's great. It's great to be open to insights and knowledge from other people, but then to really listen to ourselves for what is the best path for us. Like one really simple example with podcasting, which is funny is the we are LA tech podcast doesn't have any spaces. So it's, we are LA tech without spaces and, uh, Apple suggested Apple, right? So it was like, Oh, I should really listening. Apple suggested I should have spaces because nobody would be able to search for it and I was like no not gonna have spaces so what I did do is I then you utilized um, search engine optimization SEO so that you could find my podcast with uh, uh, without or with spaces both ways but I didn't change the name of the podcast and that was my intuition telling me I felt like this was my brand and if you put spaces it's no longer a brand so um, that's one um, now on another end of it like I believed and this is what led to like massive f 
fear and all these like baggage that I have today. Like I believed with all my heart, all my being, every single dollar in my bank account, every single hour of my life that my sports company would be like the Google of action sports. I believed it with all my being. I read those stupid fucking affirmations from those millionaire books every single day. Like I wrote out goals and intentions and all this bullshit that people like profit about. And like, I didn't make it like it didn't, it didn't go into that. And it kind of like broke my spirit. I was like, I literally gave that more than my all, like 150,000%. And it doesn't necessarily work. Even if you're giving it your absolute all, like it, it doesn't mean it's going to work out. And that built up this wall of like fear of taking any chances. And so that's why when I started podcasting, I only promised myself that I would take steps forward with no expectation on the outcome. Because when you want an outcome so bad and it doesn't like Tony Robbins says this, speaking of like gurus, Tony Robbins says when you're when your reality doesn't meet your actuality or when you're reality doesn't mean like what you're dreaming of in your head that's when you become unhappy and so because like I had these expectations in my head and my my reality turned out to be different I like was severely unhappy and then I had all these like negative sayings in my head and so now I just like promise myself I'll take steps forward all the time and it's really rewarding because I'm like oh look I'm I feel success is actually merely t- my my definition of success has changed from then to now. Like before success was like being on the cover of Fast Company or Forbes and making millions of dollars and uh, IPOing or whatever crazy tech, you know, terminology I was into. And now I think success is being like a really kind human, which I know sounds silly, but I do. I think it's important that I am the best human I could be to others. And I constantly work on myself. And I think it's being an attentive friend and prioritizing my friendships. Um, because being successful is being like having a life full of love. And I think being successful is taking action every day. And I think there's a lot of security in building up wealth. And yes, I do want a tremendous amount of wealth, but I don't want to define whether I'm successful or not related to like wealth. Like I just, it's not about that. It's just, it's just not about that. So yeah, I have a hard time talking about, you know, my sports stuff because it was such it's such a, it still is such a, like a heartbreak because I just put myself where I was all those years ago. And I just, I literally believe something with all of my being and more and it didn't work. And that reality is just like, it's painful still, you know? So I don't want to live in that reality anymore. Yeah. How many companies had you run before that one? I don't know because I don't count all of them. I know I had my scuba diving business. That was like what I call my starter company. And that's I sold scuba diving accessories online. At some point I had a sheets business. That was before my my scuba. Like bed sheets? Yeah. I had an electronics business. The scuba diving business is actually what became my sports company because I was like walking with one of my mentors in real estate. And she's like, I don't, I'd never been scuba diving. She's like, I don't get why you like sell scuba diving 
accessories when you really love skateboarding like why don't you do skateboarding and i'm like oh how did you you end up selling scuba diving equipment i was a yacht stewardess and i was working um i was a yacht stewardess and i was a receptionist a receptionist at a yacht brokerage as well and one of the um well-to-do like yacht brokers uh had this like side hobby scuba diving business and he could care less about it so um and i was studying real estate like on my own like how to be a real estate investor and really wanted to be a business person and uh, he's like well you could buy this like eBay business off of me selling scuba diving things oh this was a lesson I learned way early on oh my god if I could do something over it would definitely be this so really early on so he had a profitable eBay scuba diving business I bought all the merchandise off of him and immediately instead of learning how he was profitable and how and doing it exactly his way before I made any changes, I, I was such a little smart ass. I was like, oh, I'm going to reinvent the whole thing. No, it was like dumbest thing ever with any. If you take a profitable fucking company, learn how it works and what's working and then make tweaks. But no, I didn't do that. So I learned the hard way that. I was a loser. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, I'm I'm wondering if that's an aspect of like your stubbornness, or you're thinking that at that time that you knew you knew better. Here we go with the stubborn. You know, the first I just don't see that I'm stubborn because I'm so open minded. Like, would you consider that right now as a stubborn statement? Or that your stubbornness to think about what I just asked you being a part of your stubbornness. No, no, I don't think, I don't think it was stubbornness though. Well, well, what would you call it? Um, I think it was naive. Naive. No, I think it was naive. I think if I understood anything about business, I wouldn't have done that. I think I just was excited. I was, I was excited. I'm not eating my corn, right? I was excited. Um, I was excited to, uh, he just pulled the mic closer and there's a reference core and callback. Okay. You guys on the same page now? Um, they were totally there. You didn't have to do that. Okay. All right. You guys, I didn't give you guys enough, enough credit. Credit. Yeah. So, um, no, I think I was just naive. Like I, um, I was excited about the web and about like what was to come. And I was just excited to buy a domain name at this time. It was really hard to build websites. I was excited to figure out building a website. I was just excited and you know, I was just excitable. And so it wasn't about, I didn't even know. I literally did not even know, or I would have done it to learn from his thing. I was just excited. And so I was like, Oh, I have this merch. Let me do, you know what I mean? It's like, there was no, again, I wasn't a business leader at the time. I was, I was just excited. Is the proper term still yacht stewardess, by the way? I think so. I haven't been a yacht stewardess in a while. <laughs> no, so being a yacht stewardess was my... Um, no, because in, in, on airplanes, it's not stewardess, nor it's flight attendant. So it's, I don't know if it's... Did it used to be flight stewardess? I don't think no, it used so. To be, it was stewardess, and stewardess apparently is oh, not, the, not the correct term. Oh, I anymore. forgot that. So you maybe know, maybe it's yacht attendant. Do you know being a flight uh, a yacht stewardess was actually my backup plan if it didn't work out as an entrepreneur that I would just go live on a boat for six months to pay off all my bills. To it's actually still probably my backup plan. Did you travel to any exotic locations? No, uh, I always stayed local because I never knew what I was trying to do next. It was crazy. I already stayed local and clean boats locally. So what's, um, for people who I mean, have, I've traveled to exotic locations, but not being a yacht stewardess. And that's a separate story. Yeah. For people who have never been on a yacht, what was the most interesting thing that you saw having like from before when you were, you've never been on a yacht and then you get this job and now you're on a yacht. What's the thing that like surprised you the most? 
man, no one's ever asked me that, but I don't, I'm going to be boring. Like, I mean, is it generally, is, is it just generally like a mansion on water? So no, see, oh, I'm not really into yachts. That's what I'm thinking. It might not be as glamorous as most people make it I out to be. I don't feel like it's glamorous. It's very expensive. I don't feel like it's very glamorous. Um, but then again, I'm, I was the worker. I was cleaning things that were already clean. Like it was really annoying. Actually, it was a, a captain one day. I wish I could remember his name, but it was a captain. I remember his face in my head and he goes, why, why are you here? <laughs> and I'm like, what? He's like, you don't belong here. <laughs> like what? You don't like my cleaning? I was a horrible clean. I didn't even know how to make a bed. I just, I don't know. Dude, you know, here's a better story though. How I discovered being a yacht stewardess. So I'm really random, super random. And so one day, so I picked, okay, I was in college and I picked any point on a map to move to. And I ended up moving to Santiago, Chile. Another story for another day. I had a one way ticket to Florida. I'd never been. Uh, and so I jumped on the one-way ticket randomly and just left Santiago, Chile, left my apartment, everything. This, this is a whole other thing for a part two of the podcast, Junkies and Esprit's craziness. Or, or maybe just another podcast altogether. Right. But I get to, to Miami and, by this, and I've, I've spoken Spanish almost my whole life, but, um, but obviously right after Santiago, I'd like, I was really in my Spanish mode again. So I get to, uh, I get to Miami and I keep speaking Spanish because I just think feel like that's the thing to do there. And no one will hire me because they think I'm illegal, which was so funny. <laughs> then I go, I can't get a job to save my life. Like I try bookstores, everything, nothing. Then I go and I find out later that that's why I can get a job. Then I go to Fort Lauderdale and I run into a bohemian guy who's walking down the street and I'm all sad with my head hanging because I can't find a job. He's like, you're in America. Money grows on trees here. Come on, you come with me. And I go with this random bohemian guy because that's what I do. And he takes me to, a, he's like, we're going to, we're going to go on yachts for the day. I was like, I don't know anything about yachts. And so he takes me to a yacht boatyard or whatever. I don't even remember what it's called. And we're walking around and I meet this girl and she is just so happy on this boat, big boat. And I'm like, who are you? What do you do? She was like this blonde, beautiful, like just, I've never seen someone so fucking happy in my life. Right. I was like, how do I do whatever you do? I want to be that happy. She's like, I'm a yacht stewardess. I was like, how do I be that? And I went out and I became a yacht stewardess because of this random happy girl. And, and the bohemian guy and the bohemian guy. So that's how I got into the yacht stewardess gig and I did that for quite a while and that was fun and I lived in Fort Lauderdale I crashed on my friend Danny's couch with his girlfriend and I'm sure he didn't really appreciate that <laughs> forever and have you yeah. ever had a uh, 9 to 5 cubicle, cubicle job 9 to 5 I don't know like I worked as the yacht stewardess receptionist or yacht brokerage receptionist but I don't remember the hours uh, so not but so I, yeah I've had normal jobs like that I just don't I, I don't know if they were nine to five necessarily. And then um, I've been a dishwasher at Johnny Rockets. I've been a hostess at Chinese restaurants. I've been a graveyard waitress um, at like Jerry's Deli and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I've done a lot of rando jobs. When you think back of those jobs and, and I was a waiter years ago as well. And it's funny sometimes 
um, you remember moments of those jobs when you were like, like how I was an awful waitress. No, or just <laughs> I, I, what I was going to say is that how happy I was because, you know, there's there's some aspect to that job where you don't it's not like you're taking work home. You have the, the most amazing friends. You nine times out of 10 are going out after work yeah. and, and you're just going to like karaoke or to the bar. And it's just really like a simple, like carefree job. And, and, and that can't last forever, obviously, you know, I mean, maybe, you know, some people do do that kind of job forever, but some people have a, this just itch that they have to scratch and they have to like, yeah. you know, start the, you know, then for you and for no, me, start your see, own businesses. But I'm wondering if, if there was ever a moment when you're just like, you know what, I'm really happy in this one moment, um, you know, cause there, there weren't that many other distractions, if you will. No, so that's like the curse of being driven. So with all those jobs that I've done, I've always been incredibly driven and always trying to get somewhere. That's the problem, right? I like, those were always like a means to an end to some bigger picture for me, like always somewhere. And that's what I learned again after my sports company that that's, that's, it's not, I mean, yeah, it motivates me to like move forward and pushes, but it also makes me really unhappy um, because I'm always trying to get somewhere and I'm not there yet. So if I could just like enjoy the process, as they say, enjoy the journey, it, it's like the most peaceful thing for me is when I let go of trying to control outcome and just do the best I can every day. And I, I don't think that I think I, for many, many years of my life, I've tried to control outcome, which is close to impossible. So, so I wouldn't say it was necessarily like, I don't remember, but I wouldn't say it was the time that I've been the most happy that I could recall in my whole life is when I was, um, recently in 2013, when I was backpacking 14 countries, I would say that's the time I've been the happiest. And it wasn't like a perfectly blissful day every day, but I felt so just in touch with who I am and, and like, and like the real, just like what's important and not connected to like superficial, like appearances or statuses or anything like that. Just like, who am I? Like, I remember once on, it was Christmas Eve in 2013 and I was walking down the street and I was thinking about just my personality and how passionate I am. And it was this really liberating feeling thinking like, and I was feeling like emotional about something. And I, it was just, just like kind of like observing my own self. And I'm, I was just like, Oh, this is how I process life. So you don't have to judge yourself. This is just who you are. And it was like this like disconnect from criticizing myself for being passionate. And it was just like accepting that this is who I am as passionate. It was really cool. And I don't feel like that all the time here in the States and day to day living. But I felt so in touch with like just owning who I am. And I don't know, it was a different state of mind that was just really awesome. And I miss it a lot. Do you do anything or do you have a, a regular practice that helps you get back to that? I do the best I can. Like, you know, I use Headspace app to meditate sometimes. But I don't think I'm anywhere near that right now. Um, I think riding my bike helps. Like the act of riding the bike is the closest I could get to that because there's just something about riding your bike that's like really empowering that you're taking care of your health and you're like giving your brain time to like process and it's just, and you're really enjoying nature, being outside. And so I, I really like the activity of like riding my bike, like to commute, meaning commuting, not just recreation, but like using my bike to commute. And then 
I wouldn't even say the meditating gets me. I think the meditating is nice to be healthy all around, but the bike, the bike is the closest, but no, like I, I particularly like I've been, if we can be like super real and I don't mean to be like Debbie Downer or anything for you guys listening, but like I've kind of been reflecting. I compare every day of my life to that time when I was backpacking because I think it's really important that we as humans like enjoy our life because we never know when it's going to like go or, you know, you just don't know things like that. And I want to feel like I'm really like, uh, like enjoying the ride kind of thing. And so I haven't been happy a lot of like, since I've been back and I'm like, that's not cool with me. And it's okay that I haven't been happy as long as I acknowledge like, okay, what's going on? Like, what can I do to, to change things up? So in 2016, like I want to make tons of changes. Like, it's not okay with me that I don't travel anymore. It's like, not okay with me that like right now I'm not taking care of my health and stuff like that. Like there's just so many things like the way in which I live that I'm just like not okay with that. I'm like, okay, cool. So like, let's be really proactive about figuring out like how I'm going to feel better. And like, I don't know. Cause thing is right now I have this fantasy. The biggest lesson I learned from backpacking was that fantasies don't exist. And I have, a fantasy that like now I've created this fantasy in my head that like, Oh, if I go backpacking, I'll get back into that same state of mind, which isn't necessarily true. And so I, uh, I just want to figure out like, what is it about the backpacking? What is it about these little things that like bring me, like make me feel content uh, or fulfilled. And like the backpacking is a sense of adventure, a sense of randomness, you know, not having a plan. So it's like, well, how can I make my life today more of that? What do I need to do? Like, Uh, Like, how can I laugh more? Like, lately I've been noticing that I've been saying more to, like, when friends invite me out to something, even if I think something maybe is a little bit too expensive or something like that, I'll be like, wait, but if it's a life experience, like, I should just do it because obviously I'm not doing enough life experiences because I'm so focused on, like, being budgeted, building my, you know, podcast and We Are Late Tech and being so serious about everything that I'm not, like, really just, like, living. Yeah, it's uh, it's that... that comment about it's about the uh the journey not the destination yeah yeah yeah. it's just so aren't those comments like so annoying no because they have to (laughs) it depends it it depends on the lens that you're looking at it through right but all these things or like what is it like um every everything's a learning experience or what it's like fucking always turning like something into a positive i mean i agree with it it's just like when you're in that state it's like that's what i'm saying it's, it's, i think off, part of know? it part of it is what you just described this almost transitionary period that you're going to where you had the highs of doing the, the hiking experience and then you're back in the real world of grinding it out and you know trying to get this these new ventures that you're doing off the ground and so now you're trying to have a, a happy medium because it's basically like a pendulum that swings from one side yeah. to the other right so so there there's going to be times where you don't want to hear advice from anyone and nothing anyone's going to say is is going to apply to you cause yeah, you're because you're like i'm stubborn <laughs> It all comes. It all comes back. But um, no, I appreciate you being open about the fact that it's not easy because I think so many times people hear like you know people talk about their experiences and they'll only tell you like the high points. It's that's see, the, and that's why I don't really like believe in the sense in the greater sense of the concept of speakers because a speaker's job is to get on stage and be perfect, and no one's perfect. Where like that speaker is also human. That probably just had a fight with someone or whatever, you know? And so 
I just think it's important. Like when I was 18, if I could just understood how insanely important it was to like believe in myself and like, it's obviously like I took huge chances even then. So like, it's not that I didn't believe in myself in the greater sense. Like I totally believe my sports company would, would go places, but like there were just certain skill sets that I just didn't believe I could do. And I think that I would have loved it if I just even took the chance to find out if I didn't let fear control me and rather I was like, let me just see if I could do it. Let me try. And that's what I really like about We Are LA Tech is that I've had so many cool experiences now to be able to see like what I can do and what I can't do and like what should be delegated and what shouldn't. But I don't write anything off. I'm like, well, let me try it. Let me see. What do I enjoy? What do I not enjoy? It's always like discovering. What am I good at? What am I not good at? I think it's the understanding that um, I'm going to give you another saying, and you're not going to like it. <laughs> Stubborn, it's fine. No, it's it's what what you know what doesn't kill us makes us stronger, right? Like oh, you shit. have you have to have had right. you have to have had like that experience to be exactly the person that you are right now. Yeah. Like you honestly, quite honestly had to fail with that company. Oh no, totally agree. I'll tell you what's annoying though. Like so annoying is I knew with such certainty where I was going to end up, even though it didn't happen. It was so nice and secure knowing with such certainty where I believed I would end up. And now knowing that I don't have a fucking clue where I'm ending up is so nerve wracking. Like it's so annoying. Uh, so I do miss having a false sense of, of certainty, but, uh, but I also feel at peace letting go of expectation. It's weird. It's like, it's really, yeah. But how much of that is a, as a function of just you getting older, maturing, realizing like you don't have the answers for everything and realizing you can make mistakes and it, it is important to take, uh, to realize that you can take advice and learn from new people that come into your life that, you know, a year ago you never even knew existed. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel... I feel really proud. We are LA Tech is the smartest thing I've ever built, and I feel really proud of it. Um, yeah, I know. I mean, I've learned so much off of everything. So yeah, I feel I find it really rewarding that I could uh, apply everything that I learned from my past in order to create something I'm really proud of today. And I was really proud of my sports company too, but it was different. It was just a totally different time in my life. So built it differently. I was coming from a different place, but I was insane, like ridiculously insane, passionate about it. And this time, I mean, this is a little bit not really speaking directly to what you just asked, but I was insanely passionate about my sports company to the point I didn't know who I was anymore because I, my personal identity took on my sports company. And so when my sports company didn't exist, I went into a two year depression because I didn't know who I was. Like I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, it's like, I didn't know how to survive without my sports company. So even though I'm genuinely passionate about my company today, like I could tell that I'm passionate because I've done things in life that I'm not passionate. I didn't know I wouldn't be, but you could just tell in your actions. Like when you're passionate about, at least for me, when I'm passionate about something, I work really hard, not because like I'm trying to work really hard, but it's because I'm like so excited about it. And I'm so like stoked to see like what results will happen from it. Let me try this. Let me try that. I'm always being really creative in my head, thinking about it. But, um, but I never want to be to the level where 
like if my company today didn't work out, it's fine because like it's really important to me. It's even more important to me that I have me, which is why I want to make changes in 2016. So it's like my personal life and my professional is like, I mean, yeah, they share, they like compliment one another, but like, I'm okay if my company doesn't work. Like it's not going to kill me now. Like I never want to be that level of passionate again because it's not healthy. So I want to feel passionate and excited about what I'm doing and driven, but I don't want it to own my personal identity where like I'm not okay without it. Have you seen, have you seen examples or do you know uh, you, you, you've got um, a pretty good group of friends. I hope you guys are enjoying this conversation by the way. <laughs> You've got a pretty good group of friends in the tech space. So are there people that you see who you feel are, are doing it right and that they have, you know, are they, let's say your mentors, because they've been able to find that balance of success and, and peace with where they are? Mm, not many. I think in the startup culture... Not many, or at least the ones that I would suspect, I wouldn't even say, because how do I know? I don't know behind closed doors. But I think in the startup culture, it's rewarded to be really unhealthy and lose all your relationships, unfortunately. And um, and I also think people put on appearances a lot because they need to look a certain way. Um, and some of my favorite entrepreneurs that I thought had it on lockdown, like I've since discovered they don't. And so... I'm literally like creating my own path. Like I really, like I really believe in that. Like I'm creating my own path of what works for me. Like I have my own set of connections and resources and life experiences and creative visions. And I'm going to create my own path and see where it leads. And I have no idea where it will lead. Um, and other people are creating their paths and doing their thing. So yeah, there's no one I emulate. Like, unfortunately, I would love that person. I, I do seek out that. But I, I try to like to inspire myself. I try to like pull components from like uh, various friends and different business people I look up to. And then I just try like I know this is going to sound so funny, but like integrity is really important to me, like really important to me. So I seek out business people who have integrity and that believe in high value customer service um, because there's multiple ways that I could build a business. I could um, cheat people. I could um, do false marketing. I could um, give away everything for free which you can't really build a business, but whatever. Like, you know, there's like just so many different ways in which to conduct your business and grow your business and plan out your business. And I, I like high growth, high customer service, um, and entrepreneurs who make decisions, uh, to put their customers first and the, and their, like and like quality and that may lose some dollars making the tough decision, but yet still grow a profitable company. So I like, I, I seek out entrepreneurs that have that, uh, balance of integrity, balance of integrity, growing a smart, respectable brand. Like there's just, there's so many like, um, insanely successful, profitable companies that are built um based on like hurting people and it's i get that that exists too and i just don't want to be that so i want to learn from people who have had tremendous success who haven't gotten there who've gotten there in a very positive kind respectful way to others 
That's the, that's who I want to be. So and then I look for other things like my friends that are like I, I have friends that like have really great marriages, which is um which is really cool. And so then I'll look to them and like what makes their marriage great? What do I like about their marriage? What don't I like? What wouldn't work for me? So I take little bits and pieces from like everybody to like kind of to create the life that I want. Like um like whatever, even like health, right? I I want to have a certain like body type, like athletic and healthy. So, okay, which ones of my friends do that? And like, what kind of lifestyles do, do they live? And so it's like a smorgasbord of like what works for me from like relationship to business to health. And then, you know, yeah. Was that why you started the Hello Customer podcast? No, Hello Customer was created because... Um, I met Leslie who owns hello customer and Adela- uh, customer, uh, customer experience analytic tool. She's a, I met her while I was backpacking. She's in Belgium and she came to visit me. I really believe in her and I believe in her company. And so she came to visit me in the States when she was meeting with investors. And, um, I was like, man, you should have a podcast about customer experience. That would be amazing. She's like, I know nothing about podcasting. I was like, Oh my God, I would love to do it. And so that's, I mean, I just love, I love high quality customer service, even whether it's a restaurant, like the fashion, like nasty gal, amazing customer experience. I I love it when a brand like genuinely socially engages with you, like via Twitter or Instagram where that you could tell they really care. Like I noticed Soma water, um, just super random. They, they've been doing a lot of engaging on Facebook. You know, you notice like if you post a comment, if they have someone on their social team to write back right away and write back from a human place, like I'm really into brands delivering human connectivity and not just not looking at people like numbers. And I feel like, you know, I won't, I won't naysay any brands, but like there's so many brands that we know about that just like, like churning, churning it. Like they don't care about customers at all. It's just like, give us your money. Like you're a number. We don't care. You can't reach them on any helpline. They don't want to be reached, you know? And I am, I really, really love and I want to showcase brands that like are doing it like, right. We're human beings, you know, what has has there any any stories that you've been surprised by or touched by as you as you started to have these conversations? I mean, I love um, I love how Levi's uses like uh, Levi's goes to these other um, other countries and builds like skate parks. And these are countries that may not have like a lot of money um, and like the skate parks really give the kids something to like work toward and be passionate about and something. And they I think uh, if I remember the conversation, they're not even branded. No. Levi's, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. Like, so I love that. And, um, I love that Zappos like stays on the phone with a customer indefinitely. Like, what's that? That's insane. <laughs> I don't remember what the longest it was like nine hour conversation or more. So, I don't yeah, remember. I think so. No, I think it was over nine hours because I was like, uh, how'd the person go to the bathroom? (laughs) Like, um, so like I, yeah, just human connectivity. Like I love it when brands really care about each and every single one of their customers in the most genuine way. And it is not easy to do and it's expensive and it takes a lot more time. However, if we're just going to talk about business, I think the retention of customers when you deliver that level of service is going to be way longer than if you're pissing someone off all the time. Yeah, it's that whole adage of uh, it's easier to to work to keep a customer than to totally. gain, gain, gain a brand new totally. one. So, totally, totally. It, it, it gets really overlooked by a lot of companies and 
I obviously the, the biggest culprits for me are like the phone company and the cable company, right? Because <laughs> yeah. I have to ask them I for, a, name I, <laughs> I, I have, I don't mention a specific one, but I have to ask them, um, threaten to leave and yeah. then they'll say they'll, they'll magically pull out some discount. Yeah. And <laughs> I forget there's a, there's a department. What's it? What's that department? Retention. Is it the retention yeah, department? Yeah. yeah. If you're about to cancel, they send you the like, please don't cancel. And then department. they magically pull out this discount. They're yeah. like, wait a minute. I, I could have been paying $50 less for six months. And yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and so I think there is this new wave of companies that just are conscious about like, you know, just don't do bad shit. Like, yeah. yeah. Treating people well. So. Yeah. What would Armand say? Treat, what is it? Treat others the way you want to be treated? The golden rule. Yeah. 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 Podcasting. Podcast junkies. Shall, shall we wrap this up with, with something about podcasting? Go. No, no, no. So, so here's the the beauty of these conversations, right? Um, they don't necessarily have to ramble on about podcasting. This is the story of like you as a podcaster. Oh shit! <laughs> Are you guys still along for the ride? Did you buckle in before we started? <laughs> and you know, you know, because you know what's interesting, like it's kind of what you alluded to earlier, how sometimes you just hear, you know, you use the example of speakers. We can apply podcasters. The, you know, a lot of podcasters are, are going to put on this front of like, um, everything's perfect on the show. Like, yeah. you know, listen to me. I'm always in a great mood. And, and, yeah. and I think what I love about our conversation tonight was how real you are about you know, the ups and downs of anything, you know, and, and I know we talk a lot about entrepreneurs on the show, but it's just anyone who's going through life. It's your regular job, you know, yeah. there's, it's complicated, right? Can I share a couple stats that I think are fun Yeah. for the Hello Customer podcast? I can't remember anymore, but I reached out to something like, I don't remember, I feel like it was like a hundred brands or something like that in order to get the like, what I don't even remember. I think it was like 12 interviews or something like that. I can't remember the exact, but the point is I reached out to a lot before I got the number and I didn't know anybody. So I reached out cold and had to do that hard work and like figured it out. So, um, that's one thing. And then a very similar story. I was just with my girlfriend who created this amazing tech company. She's been at it for a while it's making money, et cetera, so forth. But she met with something like 183 investors who said no before she had an investor that said 183 in-person meetings. Can you imagine? Like, that were like, no, you're not good enough. Yeah. Fuck off. We don't believe in you. And then she just kept going. And and this was not, she like felt distraught. She like. Oh, it's, it's got to be devastating. Oh, devastating. That, that level of rejection. Oh, yeah. And, but she kept, she believed in it and kept going after it. And then like, and finally someone suggests. So I feel like it's really important. My mom has told me this for years that like every no is one step closer to a yes. And so I try to r remind myself of that. Another thing that I think being a female, I was talking to someone about this earlier today is that statistically women don't, um, don't get as much as men. I'm like, yeah, but statistically women don't ask as much as men. And I, I want to know like of that statistic of what we don't receive, how many of those women asked for it? Because like, I think my mom, my mom, I keep bringing up my mom, but my mom also says like, you get what you ask for, you know, if you don't ask, you don't receive. She says that, you know, if you don't ask, you don't receive. So like, I think that, um, it would be great male or female, whatever, ask for what you want, 
Don't make assumptions. Let someone else close the door. Don't close your own doors. Um, and uh, and just keep going after it if you believe in it. And if you don't believe in it, be honest with yourself and find the thing that you do really believe in. And that may take a while sometimes. How important is family to you? Hmm. It's like, so I have a complicated family. My family... I mean, I'll just tell you, as I'm estranged from my dad, that's why I had to take a pause. Uh, a lot of people don't know that because I don't talk about it. But um, family is really, really important. It's a really tough subject for me. Uh, yeah, I don't really want to go there much because there's nothing more to say. It's a tough subject for reasons like that. But it's really, 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 really important. And I tell my mom all the time she's not allowed to go anywhere because <laughs> I wouldn't be able to handle it. <laughs> No, I think it's important that we all have like these these people that know us for like a long time. Yeah. And they're either either family sometimes or they could be friends, you know, friends that you've had a long time and they know you like like you can't bullshit them. So like we all need so like my the family and my friends are different, though. Yeah. And and a lot and some of my friends specifically like my friend Spencer is like a brother to me. Like he's my ex business partner and he's amazing. He knows me through and through because we built a business together. And so we spoke so often all the time. Like he's the person I use as a sounding board. I'm like, uh, is this good or bad? You know me, you know, really well. Uh, but my family, so I'd consider him like, what is it like a friend like family? But my family and my friends are separate because my family is my family which is complicated and then my my friends are my like really core support group that my friends aren't complicated and so um yeah so i like nasim is my girlfriend that i've known forever like since we were teenagers and she's seen me be you know go through my life phases and grow company and uh, holly i've known since i was 15 you know so it's just different. I mean, but I think that's the same for everybody. Everybody's family is more complicated than their Yeah, and I think the yeah. point was for some, you know, for some people, their family, you know, there's people that their family are their best friends. And for some people, it's not. It's the opposite, right? And for some, they're, yeah. they have their friends become almost their, their proxy family yeah. because they know them so well and they know the ins and outs of them. And like you said, if, especially if you've had friends for a long time, they've seen, you know, you at your lowest of lows, you're sleeping on the oh, couch yeah. moments. And so you- I'll tell you this, like my girlfriend, Christian, I adore her and her husband, Carrie. So I went through this time. I can't even remember. I don't know if I like blocked it out or what. I don't remember what time period it was a few, it was a few years ago, but I was through going through a really bad time. And I was like, um, I must've been having like several panic attacks or something. Like I can't, remember I was in some like crazy mind state for a while and I remember they invited me over to their house and I couldn't um socially connect with anyone because I was going through this really bad phase and they knew this I tried coming over and I, I couldn't I was like very awkward that I had to leave and um and now we always talk about it like if I say now it's funny. I mean, because now I say like, if I'm having a bad day, I was like, oh yeah, but it's not like then when I was like all fucked up, you know, <laughs> like, and it's really great that I have friends that have seen me at my worst and that love me and accept me and that we could even like, you know, understand that moment in life together and they didn't throw me out and they've never loved me any less. Like, I, I mean, I just appreciate that and value. Like, I love that Christian and Carrie saw me so fucked up. Because it 
it makes me know, I mean, not that I ever want to be that or put that as a burden on anyone, but it also just makes me appreciate how much they must love me to have supported me through that time and also be with me in the happy times. Like it, it really bonds our friendship, you know? So yeah. And the same, and I've had the same thing with a lot. That's why I bring up Nassim and Holly and Spencer and like all these people, like they really just have been there when like I wasn't enjoyable to be around and you know, it's tough. They say America's like this place, like don't get sick, don't get old. And I think it's true which is so sad and like man so that's what I'm saying it's like being a good kind human being and being there for people when it's not so easy to be there for people and stuff like that that's really important I don't know how we got there but we're here we're here <laughs> so we'll wrap it up yeah and I'm not think... on that note though <laughs> it's a terrible note to wrap it up on well what I was gonna ask talk you about corn <laughs> we've talked plenty I think about corn no I was just gonna ask like um given this you know, crazy canvas that you just painted for us, um, about, you know, the ups and downs. Tell me something that you are excited about as you know, we're, and, and this is like the perfect time, end of year in December, yeah. everyone starts thinking about the year that was, and now they get to, there's this like hope springs eternal type yeah. aspect to this time of the year. And I'm just wondering what, what has got you excited about 2016? I'm like, I'm really excited about 2016 because I'm really excited to believe again. Um, I, I write, you saw my Facebook post, right? Like I am so like, I, I'm excited to believe again. I'm excited to believe in the possibility of things. And so a lot of people who are, are in my personal life, my, my close friends like you, like, no, I haven't dated in forever. Like I just, these aren't things that I've experienced for whatever reasons or, you know, I've focused my time too heavy on work and not travel or whatever. So I'm excited to just believe that I could be madly in love, to just believe that I could have the body of my dreams, to just believe that I could build a wildly profitable business that I am incredibly proud of and passionate about, to believe that I could be an incredible friend to my friends and prioritize time with them, to believe I could be a great daughter and cousin, whatever else, a family member, you know? And I'm just excited to believe in the possibility that I can make anything I'd like into reality as long as I take action to do so. Now that's a fantastic way to end this <laughs> conversation. I am a firm believer and the listeners have heard it time and, and time and time again that you have to put like the intentions out into the universe if you expect anything to happen because you have to be the first one to believe it yourself yeah. and you have to be the first one to be able to articulate it out loud confidently totally. that yes I'm, I deserve this yes I'm going to happen yes this is going to happen and oh but hear you me there will be no affirmation reading in this process I will never have it again you basically did did it right now that was not an affirmation though oh sorry that was not an affirmation that was a statement whatever you want to call it there are no affirmations whatever you want to call it there'll be no I, I'm taking it I, I take it there's no motivational posters hanging in your bedroom so. uh oh <laughs> shit I, my, my bedroom looks like something out of a crazy pie movie where I have all these quotes and like mathematical equations we won't even go there let's wrap this up before it gets crazy so oh wait shit it already got crazy yeah it did um so esprit in a short period of time you've been you've become a a, a good friend i'm very happy 
to call you a friend and glad yeah. that I've, I've, I've gotten to know you. And now, uh, obviously the listeners know a bit more about you as well. I am, dude, I'm so grateful you're in my life. And thank you for not only having me on Podcast Junkies, but allow, giving me like a full year of like reminding me and reminding me and reminding me and reminding me and never like giving up on like, because I feel really, really stoked no. to be on your show. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I, I, everything. It's it all works out because it all it happens at the right time, right place. In my car, yeah. on Sunset Boulevard, perfect. California dreaming. Done and <laughs> where, out. Where uh, so where can people track you down online? Oh yeah, huh? That too. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Let's not even go. You know, I've shared so much. Let's just leave it here. <laughs> you got to go into hiding. <laughs> I feel. I, I don't even well, feel if like people want to. People want. I, I have a feeling this, they can this... tweet you to get in touch. Like normally, I say it, but you guys, I've been so like just me. I mean, I'm always me, but like Harry, like knows. So he asked, he knows me as a friend. So he knew what questions to ask that would share stuff that I don't share, you know, and whatever. So, so yeah, well, no at least pr- promote one of the, the podcasts or, or your, or no. we are LA tech. No, <laughs> you're just see stubborn. There it is right there. <laughs> okay, guys, it'll be in the show notes, whether she likes it or not. Thank you so much again. No, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> So I think I covered most of what my thoughts were in that live uh, outro. So um, I think all I want to say is uh, I'm really appreciative of her as I think back to the interview um, that she took that she took the time to um, open herself up, um, which I think is important, and it's why. Um, I think these conversations have much more value when, when the guests do that. So uh, Podcast Junkies is a proud member of Podcastica. Don't forget to check out podcastica.com to see all the shows uh, that we have there. And we have a, a Facebook page as well that you can check out. And every time we post a new episode, we post it up on that page as well. So you can keep track of what everyone's up to, uh, uh, Podcastica on Facebook. Uh, music is provided by... Cedar and Soil. Check out cedarsoil.com. And uh, don't forget, if you want to support the show, which I know that you do, that you wake up every morning and you say, how can I support Podcast Junkies? Well, I'm here to tell you, it's real easy. Get more people to the show. Subscribe. Download. Rate and review. And I know folks hear this week in and week out. And it's probably a bit tiring, but I am appreciative of the fact that you're patient with me and you know that there's new people listening and you know that uh, you were at that point once where you hadn't subscribed to the show and then you did and then you felt that much better and you amazingly had an awesome, sunny, positive day as a result of just doing that one little thing. It's crazy, right? It is much appreciated, folks. Believe me. I love doing this. I love bringing the show to you every single week. I love the feedback and I just want to see the show grow and uh, support for that show, this, that show, this show, um, through those things, subscribing and downloading and rating and reviewing is, is really, really good for the show. Um, from a patron perspective, not Patreon, but patron perspective of the show, you can do it a couple of different ways. Obviously you can always donate through Patreon dot com slash podcast junkies but there's other uh ways to do it there's um 
if you're always buying stuff on Amazon, don't forget we have an Amazon button, big fat one on the site. And it's got a link to all the podcasting gear on Amazon. And I think you'd uh, find some stuff there you're, you'd like if you're a podcaster or for the podcaster, special podcaster in your life. Uh, but if not, the other way is to look at the affiliates page, which is growing week in, week out. And uh, it's podcastjunkies.com slash affiliates. And you can see all the uh, relationships I have with products that I recommend and or use on a regular basis. And I'm more than happy to put my support behind them. So, um, yeah, I think that's it. Uh, I hope you enjoyed my engaging and, and, and uh, thoughtful conversation with my friend Esprit. So I think uh, in the spirit of, um, I think the, the fact that it was a, it was a live or in-person um, interview will do Esprit Live. So hashtag Esprit Live, E-S-P-R-E-E-L-I-V-E. Don't forget to tag Esprit Devora, one word, and podcast underscore junkies if you made it this far. Because if you did, you're awesome. Have a fantastic week. (laughs) 